Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we say Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. So kick back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Lydia. I'm Kane. I'm Isa. And today we are talking about the government budget and what it actually means for you. There's been a heap of articles going um, around. It's in the New Zealand Herald, it's on the spin-off, it's on stuff. But what does it actually mean? It's kind of a lot of jargon. So I'm going to ask the experts that are Kane and Isa <laughs> to discuss further What's uh, what's the hot goss? What's the four one one? Well, firstly, I just want to say, Issa, your voice has changed overnight. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, expert. Oh, I like that word. Um, Are you though? No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. But what I will say um, is, the budget was very interesting. Why? Because of what we've just gone through in 2020? Yeah, so there's a couple, I think there's a couple of key things. Um, Is it the fact that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for the Labour Party? Well, yes and no. I think what happened is the government has reported, um, I suppose, from the biggest economic contraction that we had that our recovery has been quite fast and quite firm. We've talked that about that in the past around, remember those um, bell curves and K shapes and all that type of stuff around rebounds um, and what we're talking about. But it's really important to understand that if we had a really fast bounce back from this um, history making um, blow up that we've had with COVID, um, it does mean we're doing some things right. Secondly, just Issa's got some gumboots on in the office today, so he's just attending to his sheep right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think probably the wage subsidy. That, that wage subsidy scheme that the government brought out really quick in the midst of COVID really helped a lot of things. So there's some yep. stats that I saw which were pretty cool. Um, so the government wage subsidy supported nearly 1.8 million jobs staying connected with their employer. I so, was one of them. So yes. Yep. I, and we obviously claimed on it and that helped us stay connected with all our employees and staff and keep together as a business. But what that did, did was it meant that unemployment did not rise the way they thought it was going to. Mm. So essentially, um, it prevented any type of steep increase in any unemployment. So unemployment rate uh, increased to only 5.2%, which was, it was, um, before that, it was sitting at 47 okay, so, so that's a minimal increase on COVID. Look, I sometimes am an idiot. And before I actually started working, no. I know, never. Before I started working in financials and the financial services, I didn't actually understand what the employment rate is. So, what is it? And I mean, some people probably know it. Unemployment rate is literally people that don't have a job. The number, the percentage of people yes, in New Zealand that population. do not have a job yes. that are eligible to have a job. Oh. Remember, you got infants there that should be working, but they're not. The infants. <laughs> oh, like, sorry. You know, I could put my girls to work. Oh, my, my <laughs> eight-week-old, she should be at uh, Pack and Save right now helping mm. out. Yeah. You know? But um, I, I think the main focus, we're stripping right back to what you said at the start, Lydia, and this is really breaking it down into basic terms. The main focus of this 2021 budget, which is going to take us through into the future, were three main things. Continue to keep... Aotearoa, oh, New Zealand, that was good, safe from COVID-19. 
lot of money going into that, right? Secondly was to accelerate the recovery and rebuild from the impacts of COVID. What does that mean? We'll get to that. Okay. And thirdly, lay the foundations for the future, which includes, but not limited to, <laughs> climate change, nice. housing affordability, and cool. child poverty. It's amazing how front of mind climate change was only a few years ago, but things have changed dramatically since then. Seems to well, be the one little thing that always gets pushed back. Change seems no, to be the word No, it's back to number one, though. Is it? it? Yeah, so last year, I'm pretty sure the stats came out um, on what people were researching the most and most worried about. Of course, pandemics went from, I think, number 12 to being number one. And then this year, it was um, re-surveyed to a different set of people, but still quite a large number. And um, climate change is kind of back to number one or two. Yeah. So David Attenborough in his latest book, um, he's a big fan of mine. Um, is no, he's massive. a big fan of you. No, mine. Is <laughs> <laughs> a big fan of New Zealand for the fact that they changed their markers around GDP to align better with climate change. So a really good book to read. Yeah, absolutely. Getting off topic there, aren't we? Sorry, Sorry about yeah. David Attenborough. Um, I think... There's also two leading on from that, if I'm going back to things, the key initiatives in this budget to, to simplify things were lifting the weekly main benefit rates from $32 a week per adult to $55. And that's to tackle inequality and child poverty, which very much aligns with labour. Yeah. Equalising people, right? Yeah. And bring the bottom up to the middle or to the top. What actually surprised me, just jumping in really quickly, is that living wage this year is $47,000 a year on salary. And I don't know what it was last year, but when you think about that, a lot of people start out on that. And that's a median household income, isn't it? Just about? That's what I pay myself. (laughs) Yeah, it is just about. That's correct. Like, it's phenomenal how... Well, when you're putting income into perspective, like that is super high above a lot of people out there, um, but then standard across the board in yeah, other families. I agree. Um, because you guys are talking too much, moving on. $300 million, uh, has been allocated to climate change. Nice. Good. Important. Right? Which Good. is very much on um, point with... Um, what would I say? Um, uh, traditional things or not traditional things? Um, health and well-being and all this kind of stuff that's out there at the moment, right? And is a big um, part of what we need to do moving forward in our future. Um, Fifty-seven point three billion um, has been allocated for the next five years to infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That's obviously housing, roads, uh, all that kind of stuff that can probably push what we're struggling with around housing supply at the moment um, and 1.5 billion has been pushed to the vaccine drum, drum roll will you want the vaccine yeah cool. yeah, yeah well, I'll take the vaccine for absolutely. sure seems dumb not to at I'm, not a non, I'm not a non I'm not an anti-vaxxer there's someone against it it's just quite scary it's because you've been an international rugby player isn't it well, 1.5 billion in the COVID vaccine and immunization program it's a lot of funds I just want to see it start getting rolled out my issue around that is that yes there's a lot of money being pushed to that but are we as a nation pushing that vaccine out fast enough I'm pretty sure there was a recent report that clarified that most New Zealanders would 
have the vaccine by end of July, which isn't too bad in comparison. I think they're way behind on that, you find. I mean, I don't know. I haven't got the vaccine. Well, you should. Um, So, yeah, they're they're like the key initiatives of this budget that was released. So um, you've got like the future of work, so investing in that stuff and what that looks like. We've got obviously the COVID-19 response and the recovery fund, which is then we have the vaccine rollout, um, accelerating the recovery and the rebuild. So like I said, the ongoing, um, I suppose, infrastructure investment. We've got tourism also in there as well, which is a big part. But as we've just seen, uh, Melbourne gone to another lockdown, all this kind of stuff. All these little things will curtail any type of rebound in this tourism industry. Um, Money allocated to um, small businesses for training for staff, digital support programs, advisory, which is really good, I think, because we're a nation built on SMEs. but uh, the main benefits, going back to it, were um, the increases to tackle inequality and child poverty, which um, the government has said has been lacking for a long, long time in our budgets. I mean, didn't we? Which is... Mm, no, I mean, mm, I think I'd agree with that. I think I really would. I think I'd really agree with that. Issa, you're a, you sit on the fence a bit. I, I, I tend to focus on... M- my matters at heart and sit on the fence and only put my energy into that. But another part of the budget is around uh, Māori and Pacific Island opportunities. Yes, true. Um, and how crucial it is for Aotearoa to grow and sort of bridge the inequalities um, amongst them and sort of uh, fine-tune that gap. So there's there's always budget there for the, for the Māori health uh, Pacific Island communities. My issue is in any type of budget, whoever it does, it's how you implement it. You can say all these things. You can allocate all these funds to it. How is it implemented? Because it's at the ground level where it needs to take control and you need the right people to do that. Yeah, well, it's the difference of someone in our industry buying a first home and being able to. Like, that's the real ground Mm. level uh, reality of if a budget is working and if it affects people. So this is super high-level talk we're having from what the budget is but you know the reality is is does it impact people on the ground that's the question they want to know if it's working or not and at the highest point of priority should be getting everyone vaccinated twice or whatever it needs to be run mm. that double shot because if we can't have that how can we fight off this COVID and keep the economy going anyway with any of this stuff yeah I think it was quite interesting um I mean again I'm in no way or means a financial advisor, but I've got very strong political opinions just based out of um, my reality, which of course is very um, subject to my opinion. Um, But I found it really interesting that we're talking about the budgets and tackling inequalities because didn't we discuss that in in one of the last podcasts that we did about the K-shape economic recovery and how we're actually already starting to see that since COVID, the difference between, well, the disparity really between um, the wealthy and I call them the not so wealthy. They could be fine, but the the difference is growing huge. And I think it's going to be my generation, or even you know, Kane, your kids, your kids' generation, that feel the impacts of mm. what's happened here and what's happened in the last year or so. Yeah, I think a lot of our generations to come will, will rely on parents to help them through a lot of their big decisions in life, i.e., house 
family starting, all this kind of stuff. Education, Education. everything's expensive. Well, we've already seen that in the last 10 years, so you can only imagine what the gap is going to be like in another 10 years. Yeah. If that, you know, K-shaped recovery and everything that influences that continues to head in that direction. So around this obviously very united round table here, are we (laughs) saying that um, we agree with the budget, the allocations and what they're doing, it's just how they actually implement this whole thing? I mean, maybe it's, yeah, it's, I don't, again, I don't know enough about anything to really make a a strong call um, because I I just don't. And I'm not trying to pretend. But your I'm the your personal person. opinion, though, that's all it is. My this is all this is. My personal opinion is that it will be interesting <clears throat> to see how it's rolled out and how it's implemented. And I absolutely agree that um, tackling COVID is our priority. It's the only thing that really keeps this economy going. We're a tiny little country, and we've only got five million people. I know that there's been um, they've tightened up immigration as well, and and working in New Zealand, which isn't going to help. We just don't have enough mm. people in New Zealand to fund it of just Kiwis. You know, you look at all don't. those fruit pickers and that that those um, orchards that are struggling to actually because the fruit is rotting. They don't have enough people or staff to do because they're not paying anyone a normal wage. They're doing it by weight, and that in itself is not helpful. Why would you do that? Why would you like? Why would you do that? I wouldn't. I picked fruit in Cromwell back in two thousand and one. Good summer. You still have those oranges too, don't mm-hmm. you? <laughs> Just um, so all in all, guys, we happy with it. We're ha- I'm my personal opinion if. COVID gets squashed, it's a win for everyone. And if politicians do what they say and it actually reflects <laughs> on the ground, then that makes me happy also. Rounding it out, politicians do what they say. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today. For more info on this podcast and a heap more, check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field. Beyond the Field.